Heyo and welcome back to another episode of Wash Day Talks. Hope you're all good, hope you're all well, hope you're chill. This is another impromptu episode that I just wanted to post. Excuse my voice, I've been having a scratchy sore throat. I don't know why. And I don't like the fact that almost every podcast episode I'm talking about feeling ill. It's not really affecting my day-to-day life. It's just when I wake up, I have a sore throat. When I go to bed, I have a sore throat. And sometimes throughout the day, I lose my voice. Um, Yeah. Forgive me if I'm breathing heavily. I just walked up the stairs. And I've been so open about this. (laughs) That you know that your physical health needs a bit of reckoning. What does reckoning mean? You know know that you you need to take your physical health seriously. When walking up the stairs actually puts you semi out of breath. I'm like, what's going on? It never used to be like this back in the day. I've not been on a run in a week. And I have not... Yeah, and even last, the week I went on the run, I only went on the run that day that week. So I've been using my exams as an excuse. I didn't even know I had issues with stress until I started breaking out... Um, Breaking out, what else is happening? Feeling perpetually tired, having headaches, getting moody. I was like, oh my gosh, this is a repressed stress. So if you're someone like me who associates stress with like big emotional outbursts and struggles to perceive when they're getting stressed, I would say look for the minor signs, the little things happening like, oh wow, my menstrual cycle is like this or my digestion is like this. Like a lot of stuff was just happening and I wasn't eating properly as well because I was stressed. So I was just eating toast, and anyone who knows I'm allergic to gluten, so that was not going down well. Uh, there was just a lot going on, and my life was a bit messy. But now, I'm starting to be like, okay, that's a sign of stress, and I'm working around it. Sleeping better, eating better, um, more emotionally stable. When you realise something, you're better equipped to deal with it. It's also been very hot here in the UK, and where I live, so who wants to run when it's hot? But I was just looking and I was like, oh, wow, I need to actually start running again. Not because of, like, weight loss or anything. More so, it was a nice thing that I was doing. Because running, I would wake up early in the AMs, start running. When I stopped running, I would just sleep till half an hour before I needed to leave the house and then rush and get ready. You know, before I used to actually wake up early, be able to settle in the morning, journal, do a lot of stuff, but... When you take out that element of discipline from your life, you can start getting a bit lazy. I found that happening with me. But you know what I love about myself as well is, this is why I say it's very important to journal. I know you may not have the time for it, but I I journal extensively, like not just one words, I'm talking pages. But that's personally for me because I journal about a lot of things. And every now and then I feel inspired to look back through my journal and I just see, I was like, oh my gosh, five months ago I was this was happening to me now look at me here and I remember just reading a lot of things like oh I need to get my life together I need to get my life together I need to fix this relationship with this person I need to stop doing this and I was just a lot of it was self-critique I sounded like a crazy I was gonna say a crazy prophet but that's not it was like a crazy person who's not crazy a very hmm burdened person with a lot of thoughts running through their head 
thinking that they can see the future which is bright only if they walk down the path of discipline I was like I need to develop myself because where I want to go in life will require me to have strong character and I was just like obsessed with this whole journey of character development I say it a lot on this podcast oh my gosh character development develop yourself but even if you're not trying you will still develop coming to terms with like character development doesn't always have to be a conscious action me just putting myself in new situations and going through life that a person will cause character development I shouldn't keep inflicting pain or struggle or stress of myself under the guise of character development that's just me trying to do too much and be an overachiever I was like to come to terms with or let me not even say come to terms with just relax in the truth that other people will outdo you in certain areas of your life there's a specific someone who I work with a lot and just seeing everything they used to do initially used to inspire me a lot and then it started making me feel bad about myself not because I wanted to be like them because bro everything they were doing I don't even want to do because the way you're stressing yourself is not my cup of tea but it just made me feel like wow look at this person who does all of this you're lazy like I just started comparing myself to them in the sense that wow everything they do makes me look lazy but now I've relaxed in the fact that, okay, we're all graced, empowered and strengthened to do different things in life. You are, I don't want to say naturally good because I don't know the person like that, but you appear to be naturally good in organising and balancing a lot of practical work on your schedule. Whereas someone like me, whereas I'm good at that, I tend to get stressed. So I tend to pull back and I say no I've started saying no to quite a lot of opportunities, but every opportunity I'd say no to, this person would just take them all up, and I'm like, wow, you're really doing a lot. Am I not doing enough? Am I being lazy? But I had to stop basing my own standards on how other people around me are performing and place my standards in an objective measurement. So, okay, the role I'm in requires me to do one, two, three. Am I doing one, two, three? Yes. Could I do one, two, three better? Yeah, I could, but this person's standards are not my own standards, and that is okay. And also the notion that we both have free will. You have chosen to take on these activities that are not part of the description of the role that we're in. That doesn't mean I have to follow suit. It's okay for you to outshine me in this area. It's okay for you to be praised more than me in this area because you put in the work that's deserving of praise. I'm sure if you weren't working to that standard, we would both get praised and congratulated together. But in this situation, you are overachieving. Therefore, you deserve more praise than me. And that doesn't mean I'm not doing enough. It just means I'm not working at the standard that you've set for yourself. It's like when you're around excellent, really great people, the standard is set higher on you, but you don't always have to work towards that standard if you're not comfortable with it. And the thing is, you're outdoing me in this area, but I'm not being lazy because along with this role that we have together, I have other commitments outside of this platform, outside of this situation that I'm also working on. So I won't kill myself with stress to meet up to a standard that I never signed up to be a part of. Learning that it's good to take inspiration from people, but when you start comparing people, comparing yourself to people and changing your perception of yourself because of that comparison, that's where it's an issue. So as somebody who's used to always being congratulated for what I'm doing and being the best in what I do, learning that not being the best in this area doesn't mean that I'm not a good person. It doesn't mean that I don't go above and beyond. It doesn't mean that what I'm bringing to the table isn't worthy of acknowledgement. 
it was really interesting to see that I say it a lot but I had an issue with pride like I had a big issue with pride ego arrogance in the sense I talk about a lot how my pride wasn't always explicit because when you are somebody who so for example on this podcast I'm so open about stuff so you may not think that I have an ego issue because you're like she paints herself in a very negative light you know so but a lot of it was implicit subconscious little things like why is your facial expression immediately negative when you hear this like obviously I can check myself because I'm very self-aware so I walk around with pride and I actively do things that prevent pride from rising up so I put myself in positions of servitude and stuff like working for other people taking the brunt of a task taking criticism doing things I don't want to do allowing people to take the shine for work I did because I actively put myself in places where arrogance won't override me because I know that I don't need pride in my life at this point or any point in my life I need to be humble I need to be able to let other people win let other people take the shine even if I feel like I deserve it but know that okay this not all the time do you have to be praised for your effort yeah so like I said my pride is very like low-key in a sense so I've been working on that but I can't remember where I was going with this but yeah knowing that you don't always have to be praised for everything you do and that's when you start to do the best work because when your service your input your giving comes from a place where I don't care if you remember me I'm just here to do what I need to do what you get to offer or what you offer is a lot better because it's I'm no longer doing this so you notice me when I'm here for you when I'm supporting what you're doing you think it's because I want you to repost me you think it's because I want you to like congratulate me in front of the whole audience when you give your speech no I support you because I genuinely care about you and enjoy what you do and I don't know if I've spoken about this before but especially with checking in on people my cousin I've, I always say my cousin and I've realised that when I say my cousin I could be talking about five different people so I have my biological cousins then I have like my cousins that I just call cousins because our parents are friends like basically any Nigerian person who's in close proximity to my family becomes my cousin but this is my biological cousin um she is married she has kids stuff like that she has a quite demanding job so what I do is I check in on her because I like to check in on people I care about especially my biological family my cousins because they live in London well she doesn't live in London now she lives one of my cousins lives in London the other lives I don't know why I'm telling you where my cousins live but she has yeah so I check in on her um and for a while she wasn't replying and there was a period of time maybe like four or six months where I was repetitively checking in on her probably like three or four months three months maybe where I would check in on her every two weeks and she would not reply so imagine you're checking in on someone twice a month it's been three months that's six messages of hey how are you hope the family's okay blah 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 and she wouldn't reply but I would still check in on her and it's because the reason why I was checking and checking in on her wasn't to receive a reply from her I don't care even if you're blue ticking my message on whatsapp I genuinely don't care all I care about is that you and your family are well and when I see that you've blue ticked it that's my assurance that, okay, she's still alive, her family are still good, let's go. We were having a conversation two weeks ago, um, she replied to me about something, and I just sent her a voice note saying, I appreciate you, I appreciate the fact that you've replied to me, 
even if you may not reply in two months when you are free I know that okay you will still reply to me and give me a brief update and I appreciate you making time for me because even when I do go to see her she still makes time for me despite her busy schedule I will still stay over at her house you know we'll chill we'll chat she still tries on my 18th birth oh I baited out my age you know it's about time you guys know my age I'm 18 yeah I hate telling I did not want to tell my age on this podcast beforehand because I I was scared of oh she's just an 18 year old she doesn't know what she's talking about since I do give quite a lot of advice it's a realistic type of self-help but I'll tell the truth I'm 18 I'm quite young (laughs) um yeah don't let that change your perception of what I have to say because one the life experiences I've been through I'm not one for sharing life but I say a lot life did beat me up throughout the years okay I've been through a lot when my biography comes out you'll be like oh my gosh but I would say my social age is above 18 not that age is a signifier of knowledge okay like you can be wise and six years old that's why I really 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 try to look past personal appearances when I'm speaking to people I try to look past oh you're old you're young you're broke, you're rich, you're this party you live here. Because if there's anything interacting with people has taught me, people have a lot to give. One woman who I know, she likes to, like, play off. Like, she's not smart. I noticed that, like, she'll just joke about things, be really chill. But she is so observant. So, so observant. Then people that, once you really have a deep conversation with them, you realise, wow, you see a lot, but you don't see it. Those people, oh my gosh, so observant. And the thing is, people write her off. People will just, like, breeze past her. But if you've really got the time to talk to her, you'd be like, you are super intelligent. You notice so much. So never write people off. Even myself, if you know me in different settings, you'll see different sides of me. I come across as very immature in some places, especially around my family. But if you really get to talk to me, if you catch me in the right vibe and setting, there's a lot of merit to what I have to say. I see a lot as well, just because I don't see it. Because I don't need to prove myself to you. I'm not going to spout all this academic knowledge I have. I'm not going to tell you all my achievements and accolades if the situation doesn't require it. What do I gain by puffing myself up to you? That's a big thing as well about pride as well. Understanding that everything I do doesn't have to be said if it's not relevant. Stop presenting your life CV to everyone you meet. Anyways, back to my cousin. Oh, why was I talking about never writing people off? Yes, on my 18th birthday. Yeah, I'm 18. <laughs> I'm so over it, guys. That's my age. Anyways, on my 18th birthday, she came all the way down from London to Oxfordshire with her kids and with my other cousin and treated me to a really, really expensive meal, really, really nice restaurant. And I just sent her a voice note. Obviously, I, I was talking to her two weeks ago and it's June, so it's a while later. But I just said, thank you for replying to me. Thank you for making time with me. I know that you don't always reply straight away, but, like, when I see that you've seen my message, that's enough. Like, I just want to appreciate the fact that you make time for me despite your busy schedule. And she just replied saying, Deborah. I don't know if I've said my name on here either, probably in fact, but my name is Deborah. Um, she was like, Deborah, you've got a strong head on you. Like, remember that. That, you know what, I really appreciate this too because do you know how many friendships I've had that have had friction and fractures because people get annoyed when I don't respond to them but it's like you know I've just had a a I've had a kid like I've got a lot going on blah 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 as I'm talking to you maybe one of my kids is crying I need to go and look after them as I'm talking to you I've got this thing I've got to do for work blah 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 
when people have busy lives, their world doesn't always revolve around you. And I understand that. That's why I don't get angry when you don't reply to me. Because me checking in on you isn't so that you praise me and say, oh, thank you, Deborah, for remembering me. Thank you, Deborah, for being so kind. I check in on you because I genuinely want to see you're okay. And I've spoken about this previously before. That's why I don't have an issue with double texting or quadruple texting certain people. Because if I'm asking you if you're okay, I don't care if you air me because I'm getting the message across. I don't want to get upset. You used to upset me. Why aren't you replying to me? Blah, blah, blah. Now I just genuinely want to know that you're okay. I genuinely want to know you're chill. That's my priority. Reply to me later. Remember me later. I don't care. I can help you build up whatever you're doing from scratch because I genuinely want to be with you and, you know, help you in this passion project of yours. And you could be given a thank you speech and not even remember I exist. I genuinely don't care. I'm getting to that level in my life where I don't do things for your approval. And that's a really big thing you need to know, especially if you're saying you support someone, you care about someone, don't do it for their approval. Their approval plays a minimal factor in why I'm here for you. That selflessness that comes with serving other people. And that's a big thing that I want to do now, that if I genuinely love you as much as I say I do, it doesn't matter if you esteem me or acknowledge me, that I'm going to do what I'm doing well. And don't let the praise that will come from an action determine how well you do the action. That was another issue. If I feel like I'm working with somebody who's a good connection, who'll help me in this industry later on in life, I'm probably going to act nicer. I'm going to go above and beyond. But if there's anything this past, this year, probably past year as well, has taught me is that, one, the least of the group could be the most important. You don't know. You genuinely don't know who people are going to be tomorrow. You genuinely don't know who people are. There are people who I've been speaking to for years and it's only this year that I realised that, wow, you're actually a prominent member in this industry. You actually do this. You actually do that. Imagine if I let my behaviour in the past seasons be ruled by whether or not they're important. Then with that mentality, I probably wouldn't have as many people around me as I do now because I'd only be going for the people who seem important. So yeah, don't base your service, don't base your attitude on what people can do for you. Remain genuine. I've said it before, an issue I struggle with sometimes is consistency in my character. That was with a lot of, when I had a lot of emotional instability. Lockdown really did wreck me. It did, but it wrecked me for the better because in order for you to grow, you have to come to terms with parts of yourself that are bad. I had a lot of built up bitterness and anger which I didn't know where to display. So when you are perceived as the happy-go-lucky person, I was, for a lot of my years, perceived as a very happy and cheerful person. I would say that's my natural temperament. But the issue is, it's happy people can be sad too. And when you're a happy person who thinks that you shouldn't ever be sad or when you are upset, it's an issue, you end up bottling a lot of anger. And a lot of things were happening, a lot of hurt, didn't know where to put it, just keep it inside. And it was just being displaced especially within my family, a lot of anger to my mum, a lot of anger to my little brother, that built-up irritation, that snappiness, that, like, flare-up, like, when one thing happened, you just get super angry and stuff like that. I realised that there was a lot of hurt and things that I needed to address. First lockdown, too much time in my head, went a bit wild in my head, had a lot of emotional breakouts, but a lot of hurts came out within my family. I was a lot more open with how I felt about certain issues. And through that transparency, we were able to heal. I was able to heal. And that's where I am now. So, yeah. Uh, what was I? How did I get to me? Guys, I don't remember how I got to this tangent about V 
being open, but yeah, emotional transparency and openness is very, very important. It will help you mature, you know. So really, this has been very interesting. I came here to speak about a specific topic and I ended up going into a whole tangent about pride and serving others. But I really do believe that we should look for ways we can serve other people with genuity, with integrity. And we should develop our own sense of identity as separate from other people's perceptions of us. I just love, love, love the fact that so many things come to you through life that you don't even have to work for them. For example, if I just continue living and existing, I will continue to learn things throughout the way. I don't always have to seek out that knowledge. It will come to me. If I stay steady in the fact that, okay, with these people, I'm going to check in on them. I'm going to stick by my principles of respect, of always looking at how I can serve other people, how I can help other people, wherever I am. I will end up learning amazing things. I will end up meeting amazing people and developing amazing connections without even trying because I'm just being myself. I don't need to be anyone else. I don't need to prove myself to anyone. And there's great peace that comes with that knowledge that I am enough in who I am, like who I am is enough. And good things will come, good people will come. When you have that desperation, sorry if you're hearing clicking, I'm holding knitting needles. So I've started knitting again because I like to listen to podcasts and YouTube videos, long stuff. And sometimes I get bored, like not bored, but I'm listening to you, but I need something to do with my hands. So while I'm listening, I'll just be knitting. So currently, while I'm recording this episode, I'm knitting. I only just started knitting now, but I've been holding the needles for a long time. Yeah, but basically what I'm saying is I find it so cool that I don't have to seek out things with a great intensity. I just have to keep doing what I'm doing, keep being consistent in my love and in my effort, and good things just come to me. And clarity just comes to me, and peace just comes to me. And as I was reading my diary, I was just like, wow. You've been amazing from day one. That's number one. Your My self-awareness is a great strength that I'm grateful for, grateful to God for. But also, like, the issues, the pain, the hardship. Now that I'm looking back, it was like, oh, wow, these are just parts of life. That life will always teach you. Life will always send people to you. Or rather, God. God will teach you. God will send people to you. Yeah, just different principles. I'm so mellow. It's because I have not eaten all day. And it's like nearly 4pm. And I have a lot of revision to do for my last exam. It's so cute how I can now openly talk about things in my life. Because before I didn't want to talk about things. So I thought it'd give away my age. Like I used to always crypt, be cryptic in podcast episodes. Like, oh, the place I used to live. Or when I went to my place of education. Never specifying that I'm in sixth form. But I genuinely don't care anymore. I don't know, I'm so lax. It's like when I don't eat. Like whenever I'm fasting or whenever I'm, I've had like a deep revelation. I just get so mellow and chill. I really like this aspect of me. Sometimes I feel like I'm a 35-year-old woman. It's so weird. But yeah, um, my last exam, English Literature, it's open book, kind of, not really. Basically, you have essays you need to write. We study two books, one poetry collection for this specific paper. So you will have two blank copies of those texts and then the poetry collection. 
and you write an essay on it but listen that's probably nearly a thousand no probably 600 words of fiction and then like 15 different poems there's no time to be flicking through those books looking for quotes it's best to treat the open book exam like a closed book exam I should be revising it but I've just placed my priorities in different things than my education this morning and this evening but I'm going to start revising now till the evening and then probably sleep I look forward to sleep it's father's day tomorrow wow father's day you know what's so cute it's like Oh, I don't know if I want to talk about this topic right now. If it's a topic that I should do research for, if it's a topic that I can do now. But what I just love so much about communities is that someone doesn't have to be your biological father to be a father to you. Something I'm coming to terms with as well. It's like, I don't want to have this role in your life. I realised I used to run away a lot from... I don't want to say leadership because I like the prospect of being a leader, but as I learn more about leadership, it's a lot of burden and commitment to have somebody who you guide, who you mentor, who you direct. But as I learn more about leadership, I realise that it's not only good enough to be like a physical leader, a leader who helps in practical things, like, okay, I'm a leader in the world of writing or in the world of law, so I'm going to teach you about this. There's also the emotional element of leadership being there to really guide someone emotionally and help them with their emotions and just understanding that you are a lot of us I think all of us are placed in positions of influence let me say influence rather than leadership and I mentioned this previously in a podcast episode maybe two podcast episodes ago about how I realized I have a problem emphasizing empathizing with people relating to certain emotional issues and it's because in my own life with those emotional issues I couldn't be there for myself I couldn't help myself out of it so now when I see you going through that I feel this sounds very bad but I feel almost repulsed like through my head in that moment it's like why am I in this situation why am I here I wish I was never here and that's bad. Sometimes I'm able to empathise really well, but if it's a hard one, one that hits close to home, I genuinely don't want to be there. I don't want to be here for you. I can't be here for you. Because when I see you going through that, when I see you grieving, I'm like, I can't. I can't. I genuinely can't be here. But now, having to work around it and doing my own personal healing and reflection, I genuinely think that the pain you've been through, the things you've struggled with, are avenues for you to assist others. And it links back to the whole Father's Day thing. I would say the Sable Mother's Day as well. Some of us are called to be fathers to children who are not our own. Some of us are called to take up the role of a father to children who maybe don't have a father, who have an absent father. Who have, I don't even know why I'm talking about this. I genuinely don't know why. But let's leave the whole father thing aside. Mental. You are called to mentor someone to be the older sister to someone who doesn't have a sister. There are people in my lives who have taken the roles of older sisters in terms of advising me on things that a sister would advise me on. I have a mother. My mother could be called to be a mum to somebody else who already has a mum as well. I could be called to be a sister to someone, to be like a sibling to someone. In our lives, we're always put in positions of influence and stop running away from what you know you can do you see somebody struggling in this area of your life of their life and your first thing is I'm gonna run away because I haven't come to terms with this issue myself 
I have an issue with insecurity. Now I see someone struggling and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't be here. I can't help them because I haven't perfected it. I by no means have overcome insecurity to the extent to the extent I want to. But I know if I see someone else struggling with it, I'm in a much better position to help that person. And I'm choosing no longer to run away from the things I feel like I can't do because I know I will do them. I know that I can do them even if I feel like I can't. So basically, yeah, Father's Day, I don't know, my stats in regards to men listening, it's majority women who listen. But just take this analogy of being a father to people who are in need of a father's guidance or a father figure. I don't actually know why I'm talking about this, but yo, we move. Um, (laughs) Or as a mother, are you going to be a mother to someone? As a sister, as someone more knowledgeable in this field, are you going to take this new person under your wing? In what areas can we serve other people through a position of leadership? A position of leadership is just a greater position of servitude, right? You're a leader. That just means you have influence and impact on people and you're called to serve them or guide them in this respective part of their life. And I know all of us are in positions of influence. Let's take my little brother, for example. I have not been the best sister. I've not been the bad sister. I've been a very good sister. But there are times where I realise I break promises. Oh, we'll watch a movie today and I'm tired because I've got to revise for an exam, or I'm busy, because I've got something to do, or I can't be bothered, or I'll take you to the park, oh wait, no, I don't want to. In those areas, I don't want to say I'm failing, but I'm falling short as an older sister, because I'm breaking promises, I'm not making time for him. I can evidently see that, okay, he doesn't know what to do now, he wants to spend time with his family, and I'm prioritising my work, my book, my hobbies, my podcast over somebody who I've been called to serve because it's not a coincidence that I'm his sister. You make time for the things you love. I see that, okay, the house is messy today and I happen to have a free morning. My classes don't start till 1.40pm. So I've got all these hours, I could at least do the dishes. I could at least make lunch. But I choose not to because I'm like, oh, you know, there are other things I can be doing, blah, 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 blah. But if it was like somebody, one of my friends who I like, and they said, oh, could you help me with this? I would run there. Sometimes the people who are in the closest proximity to us, we become too comfortable around them. We become too used to them that we no longer think we have to pull our weight as a sister, as a daughter, as a friend. Don't become too complacent around the people you love because they're the people in your corner. Basically, I'm saying we're all in positions of influence. We are called to serve and help people. Stop running away from an area you know you can help him. Stop running away from people who you know you're destined to help. Stop just listening to problems. Ask, what do you need me to do? What do you need me to do for you? That's the greatest form of love. That's the best way you're going to do anything in life. If you're ever looking for a purpose in life where you feel like you don't know what to do, purpose is always found in other people. What are we here for if not to help other people? It's like, I just see people, I see myself with so much talent, so much potential, so much I can do, but I don't do, because I don't want to put myself in a position where I'm lower than someone else, where I'm saying, even if you don't notice me, even if you don't appreciate me, (laughs) the reason why I'm laughing is because I realised that there's so, if I just go back through my life, the different people who have helped me and I just don't appreciate them because I just didn't have that mental maturity to see what help looked like. I didn't know then that you calling me every Friday or you inviting me over to your house to help you bake and stuff like that was like your attempt to guide me, your attempt to be there for me, to impact positive influence on me. I'm someone who's so luckily have had 
like some amazing people so I got a text that's why I was speaking though I so luckily had so many amazing people influence me and guide me and I say this a lot it's only now 18 18 years old and I could have met this person when I was seven it's only now all these years later that I'm realizing wow this person really gave me their time they really they really did a lot you know when they invited me over to their house to do this when they hosted this at their house they were trying to impact on the community let's just sum it up in community community is so 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 important and I'm just going to talk black community, African community, whatever. Please, please, please. If you're a person in a position of influence in our communities, in the church community, in whatever community you're in, in the school educational community, take up your position of leadership. Don't be afraid of your position of leadership. Don't run away, please. Why am I getting so preachy in this episode today? Don't run away from your position of influence because you could be cultivating greatness. Look at all these amazing big people in society and when you read their biographies, they talk about that one person who trained them, that one person who started that after-school club. I appreciate my teachers. I appreciate my teachers so much, especially my secondary school English teacher. He was also my tutor for, like, my first three years of secondary school. These people, I write. I write. I write poetry. I write fiction. I write non-fiction. I'm getting into biographies. And I think back to this woman, don't want to say her name because I don't know if I should, but I think back to her and I'm like, wow, meeting her was so essential in writing because before that, I'd never really had someone outrightly tell me, you write good, you can write better if you get the right support. There's this poetry competition, enter it. There's this writing competition, enter it. Oh, you write things on your own free time? Share it with me, I'll read it. I'll read it to the class. We can all listen to it. She was so encouraging. She kind of started to birth within me the mentality. Oh my gosh. I want to get emotional, but I'm thinking about it now. She birthed within me the mentality that I can do what I set my mind to. I can change the world if I want to. And that changed me. But yeah, I'm going to wrap up here because I think there's a lot of things I need to do. But I hope you really take my words seriously, really deep this episode. But yeah, man, stop running away from what you were called to do. Okay, have a great day, guys. Bye. Happy Father's Day. Welcome to Wash Day Talks, where we speak about life through a genuine lens. Think of me as a friend, a sister, someone who's got a lot to say and a lot to give. So make sure you tune in every Thursday. I'd advise that you start taking notes.